What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the BTR podcast. We're getting close to 100 subscribers, so please subscribe if you haven't. Uh, we are also releasing almost daily content on our TikTok, Instagram Reels, and YouTube Shorts. So like Joven said, subscribe for the YouTube for the YouTube Shorts and follow our TikTok and our Instagram. Without a further ado, man, <laughs> well, I thought today we were going to be talking about the Stanley Cup final preview and the NBA final preview, but who would have thought Boston would have came up with this miracle to make it a 3-3 series? And then on top of that, Dallas is not letting go. Without being, without being said... Do you want to start off with the NBA or do you want to start yeah, off with the NHL? Yeah, let's start off with the NBA with that incredible finish yesterday. Uh, before we get into that, I'll, let's take a little uh, flashback to Game 5. Just quick points on that is that Boston just blew out the heat there. Yeah. Uh, they really like pulled away there. Celtics had four people with 20-plus points in that game, which Makes was pretty sense. impressive, right? And then, yeah, they shot 40% from three as well. So, like, th- they just had Game 5, and they also had seven less turnovers. I think he had 16, Celtics had 9, which is also a big factor. And big factor with that is Gabe Vincent also missed that game. So, obviously, you know, arguably their third best player, you could say. Um, and the, Well, in the series, probably even their second best player at times. was uh, You're missing a lot of the offense from there as well. So, that, that was going to be a big thing. Also, playing in Boston and them being motivated was going to be a tough win for sure. Yeah, and also Jimmy and Bam been struggling since Game 3. Yeah. And then... But Caleb Martin, <laughs> Caleb freaking Martin, right? Probably like the best player in the series, would you say? Consistency-wise. Um, but the issue is if he's your best player in a game, <laughs> you probably ain't winning. So, yeah. But as a player, yeah, he's definitely well, been he's the been most absol- consistent. Absolutely incredible, man. Like They started him last game, good. He was the only good player in game five. Uh, games one to three, obviously, he was killer. Another another key thing is, and we're going to continue this over to the Game 6 recap, Jason Tatum just loves to play elimination games, it seems like. He carried, carried over from the Philly series when they were down 3-2 there. And obviously, 3-1, 3-2, now 3-3. He's been, he stepped up, magnific- the, uh, stepped up exponentially um, I think he from has, Game 3, for sure. I think he has, like, a, in Celtics franchise history, like, the most 30-plus yeah. point games in, like... Yeah, I saw that recently. Right, he has, like... Four or five of them, I believe. Yeah. And then another thing before we get into game six a little bit with the Celtics and the Heat, Marcus Smart has been consistently playing well. He's been, you know, he's not known for a three-point shooter. He's usually the guy you leave wide open, and you can't really right now either. Um, and we'll get back to the ending of game six. But I guess let's tra- transition to game six now. Obviously, just, you know, a quick rundown. The game was like um, the Celtics went up big. By, by 10 points, I don't want to say like huge by 20 or anything. And then when it came to the third quarter and then they decided to choke, but then they went back up again, 10 late in the fourth and then they choke again. But and then the miracle ending, Derek White um, tips it in at point two seconds left after, which is why I said bringing it back to Marcus Smart. Now, he was the guy who was the trigger man for the shot and they trusted him. Obviously, his shot went in and out. So it wasn't even like it was a bad decision. Yeah, and Derek White just ended up finishing it off. But before, let's get into the Celtics side of things. Again, the key notes for me were Tatum stepped up, but the big one for me was Jalen Brown. He because he was struggling this series. Um, even though the three ball wasn't falling all for the, uh, any mainly any of the Celtics really this game, um, Jalen Brown stepped up uh, in terms of being aggressive defensively as well. He made some big plays, and he needed it for sure because he is the second best player on that team. Yeah. And, 
he needed to be that. Tatum with 31, Brown with 26. Celtics' three-point percentage was 20%. So it yeah. really, um, so they look they were really in trouble, like when the, it came down to the dire moments because they could have easily blown out that game, but that three-point percentage really ruined it for them. Another fun fact was in that game, uh, he had a 46% three-point percentage. But their actual field goal percentage was 35%. Yeah, I saw, I saw that for sure. But going back to the Celtics quickly, it wasn't just a three-point percentage. Their turnovers, they were, like you said, for game five, they, they held that in check. Game six was the opposite. Um, yeah, like They had like 12 to 15 turnovers that game. Um, also, that mixed with a three-point percentage, like you said, it should have been blown out of the water. Um, another person I want to give a lot of credit to is Joel Mazzula. After game three, people were questioning, was Ime Udoka should have been back? You know, was it was it too premature with making Mazula the full-time head coach at just 34 years, old, 34 years old, by the way? And we were discussing it after game three as well, that like, yeah, he's not going to get fired or anything, but was it premature, right? Because you still had Udoka um, available at the end of the season, right? But he, like in the uh, Sixers series, definitely stepped his coaching game plans up changing defensive schemes because the Celtics overall defensively have been way better than they were in the first three games. Yeah, it's obvious to tell because like you could see Bam struggling, you could see Jimmy struggling percentages-wise. Um, yeah, Joe Mazzulla was incredible in these last few games. And I feel like one of the main switches is that like his leadership really shown because like the first three games, Celtics didn't look great energy-wise, especially yeah. game three, right? And to have that switch in game four, I don't know if like the Celtics having it like having it the hard way that they're down through you because they're a team that honestly should have ended this series in like max six games. Yeah, like I like even our predictions, I know you gave the Heat the respect and you said Celtics and seven, which you you're kind of you could be right still, but you didn't envision it to be like that for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, for me, it was like I thought he would have lost in five, but I gave him six just out of respect of their culture and stuff. And this the Celtics that are playing right now are. Sh- it was the reason why I said that, right? Because they have the length defensively to stop Jimmy and Bam, right? They have the shooting when they need it to be. Not even just the shooting, but they also have, you know, Al Horford rim protecting, massive block on Bam Adebayo. That was a nasty six. block. That was nasty. That was nasty. Um, yeah, like that was the reason why I had Celtics as um, winning this in six max. But they, Jason, uh, Jalen Brown, Marcus Mart did say, um, don't let us have one. And we were kind of like, eh, even if you let him have one, I don't think you guys are going to come back. And, you know, even after game three, we were like, okay, Lakers have the potential to come back and win 4-3, not the Celtics, right? Because we just thought they were dead out of the water. Opposite happened. And here we are for, for game seven. But anything else for the Celtics side of things? Yeah, I mean, I felt like if they got one, I'd, I would have believed they've gotten, gotten two. So, like, I believe if they won game four, which they did, they would have got one game five. So then game six was really the... Well, no, you said <laughs> game five was a Jimmy game. that they Oh, were actually, yeah. I said yeah, I said, said that, that it was going to go to game six. I thought it would have yeah. ended yesterday. Um, yeah, so I'm the idiot. But <laughs> uh, yeah, so like like you said, they got game five. Then game six was really the Miami Heat's game seven. So how are they going to respond? Because like we probably just witnessed one of the greatest finishes to a basketball yeah, game in a long like, time. By the way, that was my only correct prediction, I think, out of both NBA and NHL playoffs. But because, um, okay, so moving on to the Heat. Yeah, move on to the um, Heat. 
that game yesterday, like Jimmy, obviously after game five said, we're going to guarantee a win for game six. Clearly did not happen. Right. And it doesn't help when you being that player. And we've seen Himmy Butler show up in the Milwaukee series, took a little backseat in the Knicks, but still did Jimmy Butler things. Did Obviously he stepped up a little bit in game one, two and three, but he hasn't been the same um, since game three. Right. Um, he just like, what well, he shot 20, five percent something like that it was five for 21 yeah so like i mean he showed up in the fourth quarter but not even like the beginning like the last half of the fourth quarter which was fine like at the end of the day get the win how you need to get the game by any means necessary and that's when you're supposed to show up too so like, yeah no for, yeah but wrong. even that is still like not a good luck when you, all you needed to do was maybe shoot 30 percent and he would have won this game because the celtics were choking this game like they were like charles barkley said it on on tnt that the Celtics were ready to give this game away, right? And they did at one point, right? Like, obviously, Jimmy Butler went on that run, like, hit that three, got the three-point foul, which was stupid on Al Horford's part, was clutch, hit the clutch free throws. That's what matters. Like you said, 100%, that's what matters. But you don't want to put yourself in that position, especially with the Celtics not shooting the three-point uh, shot well and their turnovers. You don't want to be in that situation where, oh, we have to come back. Credit to them, they did come back. They they played their asses off. The shots weren't falling, and but at the end of the day, it's still to no avail, right? Because they still ended up losing. Yeah, the reason like the Heat were in this game, like they were like unlucky because like they were battling their asses off. Like you could, everyone yeah, was no, saying it, sure. commentary was saying it. We were, you could see it. Like Jimmy was everywhere, other than shooting wise. Bam was fighting his ass off. But he was horrible but shooting wise. Bam, Bam as a big man should not be shooting the same percentages as Jimmy yeah. Butler because he so, ain't no jump shooter. So like either. on one hand you had like Jimmy five for twenty one, on the other hand he had twenty four, eleven, and eight. So like what do you really look at? Especially if he showed up in the last two minutes, got his team to the lead. The problem with that thinking for me is that again, like I said earlier, you could if you just shot better at the beginning, you may have put them out of the water anyways, right? They just got lucky that he was able to do that because, and it's not on Jimmy Butler's fault. He's doing what he can in that fourth quarter to get him that point, to get him up, was it one point um, before the Derek White tip in? It, the Celtics were not playing well either. They were defensively sound, but not offensively, right? Like they were shot horrendous. You give both, the both teams were offensively bad, like shooting wise. Yeah. And then, uh, like, Jimmy showed up when it mattered. So my point is, like, you can't really base it now. Like, of course, like, oh, if he just made one more shot, they would have won the game. Obviously, they lost by one. Yeah. But, like, as the game goes on, you can't really dwell on what you're doing. Nothing, like, no one shot would have affected the one shot. If they made one shot in the second quarter, it wasn't going to affect anything. The game was going to come down like this, the way that both True. teams are yeah, shooting. Yeah, no, for sure. There was no it's a game of runs. It's a game of missed shots, make and miss league. Yeah, so like if he shot twenty five percent, if he shot thirty percent, they would have won the game. You can't really but say that too much because the game situation itself would have turned out completely different the, as well. The other thing, I guess, outside of Jimmy Butler and then obviously Bam struggling offensively mightily was the role players haven't been consistent, right? Outside of Caleb Martin, Kyle Lowry did not really have offensive firepower outside of game. Was it one? Um, Duncan Robinson has been up and down. You know, he had two big threes to put that yeah, game close for Jimmy to take threes, over. Yeah. But then he was not clutch when he needed to because he would have he could have easily if he hit that second three pointer, they would have been up two um before Jimmy Butler had got fouled for the three point shot. Um the role so like I said, the role players haven't been consistent outside of Caleb Martin. Gabe Vincent has been in, was injured, he was playing injured as well. Um yeah, it it comes down to that. And then obviously coming to the final possession. 
it's kind of like how do you let that offensive rebound come out right like obviously there's a lot of switches going on but that could cost them the series itself I mean, yeah like they came back did all that just to lose the game yeah obviously it could cost them the series because now it's game seven the momentum is with boston but another thing is that like that bounce could have gone anywhere it decided to go to but no, if you look at if you look at the replay again Jason Tatum had the other side covered as well. He actually had his man so beat. So they had both sides covered? They had both sides covered. But so like, even if the ball fell to the other side, Jason Tatum had the put, put they did back not, chance. But they did not like double team uh, smart when they shot. So that's why... Like they Derek collapsed White, earlier the for Derek, sure. That's why Derek White probably had the free run to the hoop. Well, Caleb, I think it was, I don't know who it was. I think it was Caleb Martin got stuck in that screen when he was coming around because Bam stepped into that play, if I remember this correctly. And obviously Derek White. But again, Derek White's not that tall. So... You shouldn't be losing your man like that easily, in my opinion. But it is basketball. Shit happens like that. But it's it's, it's an, such an unfortunate situation because you're you have you could have made the finals at that point, right? I mean, you had it in the bay. You had three seconds left on the clock. He well, missed a <laughs> shot. He missed a shot. You're like, okay, game over, right? And then even when we first looked at it, we're like, yo, that's late, right? Like the yeah, buzzer yeah, went. Sure. The buzzer had ball was in his hand. The buzzer it was point went. two. And it was 0.2 seconds. But the thing is, like, if Smart's shot was, like... It was online. Normal, it, it was, was online. online. Like, it was good. But, like, it could have easily just been a back rim, ball pops up, game's over because the ball's in the air. No one's going to touch Yeah, that. no, for sure. But, you know, I think Reggie Miller said it on the broadcast, too. Like, you cannot let an offensive rebound happen at that point. At that yeah, stage it's not acceptable at that point. It's just, like, he missed the shot. You, you live with it if Marcus Smart hit that shot, right? Yeah, 100%. You it can't was... live with yourself not losing your assignment like that and you know, one of the smaller guys on the court ends up getting the putback layup to win it. And it is sucks, but it is what it is, I guess. But before we move on to game seven, I guess, there was a little conspiracy <laughs> that had it mad. It was like 2.1. It should have been like 2.1 seconds, but it, w- it was magically given three seconds on the clock. I was, thinking, was, I was that big of a difference? I was, I was looking at social media. It was like 2.1 seconds. I thought it was like 2.8. When Jimmy got fouled was when the game paused, right? Because yeah. then the three free throws happened. And I don't know when they declared the foul. foul. Now, to be f- fair to the other side, J- it looked like, I'm not saying it was, it looked like Jimmy Butler double dribbled before he um, got fouled as well, too. So Yeah, it did look off. off but, yeah, because obviously, um, as a Laker fan, I'm, not a, I'm obviously rooting against the Celtics in this case. But <laughs> it's funny, though, because it's just... Like, okay, if, if that is true, the foul game would have been over. So <laughs> that's the other funny thing. Obviously, it's conspiracies. I don't know what truly happened, What if the clock was truly running, what the case was. But it is what it is. I mean, there, yeah, there was like a bunch of mini, like a lot of soft calls as yeah, well. Yeah, that, that's for right? sure. But is it fair to say that Derek White just might have had his best moment of his life right there? Derek White has been a really underrated player. A really underrated pickup, I think, was last year's deadline. Yeah. Um, He was... In all defensive talks as well. So, like, yeah, he had obviously hit the biggest shot of his career for sure, right? So, like, Derek White, I, in my opinion, is one of the most underrated players in the league. As, like, he's a quality 3 and D piece for sure. Could do other things as well. Yeah, he had. The, he is one of the players that dropped 20 plus. And then he also, he is probably one of the players that I think had a con- timely threes. Timely threes that, like, really stopped the heat runs yeah. early on in the fourth. And then obviously the big bucket at the end. With all that being said... We're moving on to Game 7. And I'm in a predicament. Obviously, I'm rooting for the um, Heat, and I should not be saying this as we're trying to transition into this sports media culture, but it is what it is. Like, we hear people say it. Nah, I, one, <laughs> one, one side of things, I want to see history. I genuinely want to see this history made. 
but it's the Celtics, and it hurts even more <laughs> that the Lakers blew, not Blues, they were they got swept in the same exact stage of the stage of the playoffs, and the Celtics are the ones that's coming back from three zero. So, um, if we're going prediction here, I think the Celtics will win this game. I mean, personally, I uh, I it's the way they're playing now. I don't know. The only way I think the Heat win this game is if Jimmy Butler plays like Jimmy Butler, like so Jimmy Butler. There's one point I want to make of that because now, like, he had that two-minute stretch at the end of the game where, like, Jimmy Butler showed up. So with that, like, there's a possibility of that. You know, if you have, like, there's, like, some teams that, like, who they might be getting whooped, right? But they might just have a good, like, last five minutes of a game and that carries over to the next game where they're like, okay, yeah, no, we could do this for a whole entire game. The problem is they're also traveling. I mean, they're traveling back too. True, but they're, they're going home. Yeah, they're getting their own beds. They're getting into. They're meeting their families again, right? Whereas the heater, um, not doing that, right? Like they're not traveling. They're traveling away. And as as much as Boston Celtics were struggling at home at times, they closed it out at Miami, right? And sorry, against Philly. And now they've won a key game five at home, and all the momentum's on their side. Um, Spolstra did say like we're gonna go up there and get this done, and I hope they do, but. It's tough because, like, yeah, you could say Jimmy Butler might turn into Jimmy Butler, but against this team defensively, it's still it's gonna be mighty tough. It's not like this is yeah, of course, this no is not walk. box without Giannis type of situation. Yeah, like we knew that like once the Bucks got eliminated, the Celtics had the clear path to the final. Yeah, like they were clearly the better team against the Sixers. They just made it rough on themselves. They just self almost self implode against the yeah, Sixers. No, for sure. And then obviously one seed. I mean, not one seed. Uh, eight seed. Versus a two seed, obviously the two seed should win, and especially being the two seed is basically might be like one of the best teams in basketball in the Boston Celtics. And the fact that you were down three, we were just surprised because like yeah. the fact that like okay they lost game one, we're like okay game two has to be a guaranteed Celtics win. Probably everyone thought that, even Celtics fans and NBA fans in general. And then they didn't, and then game three we're like okay they might just you know their backs against the wall, they, they absolutely the get whooped. And then I guess they really like it. Tough. I mean, it's it's a dangerous game to play. It uh, is a dangerous <laughs> game to play. Because uh, I mean, it worked out so far. I mean, I guess okay. So my final prediction before I let you give your prediction, I think Celtics win this game. I think they yeah. they will win the game seven. But imagine like coming back three oh, making it three three, and losing game seven. One thing for the Celtics is that this is the first. This is fourth team this ever. Is, they're the fourth team in NBA yeah, history. Yeah, but this is the first team at to, home to be at home. That's why I'm giving them the yeah. edge. Yeah, I mean, I originally said Celtics in seven. You guess so I'm, I'm just going to stick with it. That's like, yeah, because like they're, they have all the momentum and I can't see them losing this. And we've seen elimination game Jason Tatum. Yeah, elimination <laughs> game Jason Tatum. He had 51 last time in game seven. So yeah. it's it's going to be tough. And it can, can the Heat... Spolstra is probably, one of the, probably the best coach in the NBA, so I, I won't put it past him. But the question is, can Gabe Vincent's injury hold up? Can the other guys do what they did in game one, two, and three? Can Duncan Robinson hit some shots? Can Kyle Lowry step up? He's been there, done that. So, and against Jimmy Butler himself with the, when back then with the Sixers, right? So, can that leadership propel them? I, I genuinely think it will be a close game. I don't think it will be a blowout, and I hope it's not a blowout. I think I think this game will be the best game of the series. Might be the best game of the playoffs. Yeah, I hope it's not I a blowout. Think, all the, I believe that this game will be the best game of the NBA playoffs. All the game sevens have been a dud, so that we have in the NBA, and I hope this isn't one of them, for sure. So we'll see how this goes. 
So we both have Celtics winning? Yeah, we both have Celtics winning. So I guess Let's another team that was dead in the water and now has come out alive is the Dallas Stars. Right? So yeah. that's um, that's incredible for them. Jake Oranger uh, came back alive. And then uh, Jason Robertson came alive as well. Uh, there's also... We'll talk game four first because game four was an overtime victory. Yes. And uh, Jake Onger bounced back performance. You got that brought right. Brought the win. Uh, Aiden Hill, still exceptional. Yeah. Game. I'll let you take the reins on game yeah, four. Yeah, so Aiden Hill is still exceptional. He, I think Aiden, that game, Dallas finally actually tested him properly. Aiden Hill produced his uh, best game of the series. And... Uh, Jason Robertson came yeah, alive. I was about to say with two, two goals. goals. Yep. And, and then Joe Pavelski with the overtime he's winner. Came, he's still continuing what he did. And this was without. So they have another game. That, sorry. Jamie Ben's suspension is over now, right? It was those two games they won. Yeah. So, well, obviously, I still think he's going to play the next game. But I guess moving on to game six. Yeah. I mean, game six is like Vegas scored. I think Vegas scored the first goal in every no, game. No, sorry. Game five. Oh, game five, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're going to game six. They're one game behind the yeah. NBA one. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, Vegas got the first goal again. And it's not like Vegas are playing poorly, but the Vegas are like the Celtics. They're making terrible mistakes. Yeah. In, in that game, they had twenty four giveaways, and then one crucial one to in the end to get the game winning goal. Uh, uh, Jason Robertson with another goal. And then Ty Delandria got two goals in two minutes. Yeah. And then obviously iced the game. But yeah, Zach. That one goal was obviously I think it was deflected, but Aiden, it looked like Aiden Hill should have had it. Yeah. To keep, it, to keep it three, two. And there was a potential goalie interference, but it, it wasn't. That it was, wasn't. That no. was not goalie interference was, at all. Uh, the Vegas defender, I forgot who it was, clearly pushed the Stars player into Aiden Hill. So like the Stars player couldn't really stop. I think it was Domi. He couldn't really stop bumping into Aiden Hill. And then, um, yeah, Ty Delandria got two goals in two minutes to make it 3-2 and 4-2, I believe, right? Yeah. For for me, the key is Jason Robertson has emerged for sure, right? He's helping out Joe Pavelski. Obviously, I don't think I heard much of Rupa Hintz, but I'm sure he's doing fine as well. But even then, like, the key was, I think J- Jason Robertson is the best player, right? And he has emerged now, not even just for uh, special teams, but five on five. And now my, the one thing I'm looking for for game six and potentially seven is what's Jamie Ben going to be doing, right? Like, obviously, he'll be motivated. He'll be thankful that, like, okay, I have an opportunity now. He's their captain, so I don't see them benching Jamie Ben. There's, there's no, no, no chance. There's no so question. The question is, can Jamie Ben come in? And obviously, I don't expect him to be the Jamie Ben of old. But can he come in and produce a little bit and just be don't be, like, like, God, don't be a dumbass, I guess, with what, what was going through his head at that point. No, it's, it's not even that. The key is not any out. The key is Ollinger. And if that o- too. The key is Ollinger. If Ollinger is playing well, Dallas will always have a chance, right? And clearly, the games that he didn't play well, Dallas got whooped. Last two games, he played well, and uh, they won both games. And he's been a, like, Ollinger has been impressive and also bad. But the impressive thing is that, like, every time he got pulled, Man comes back with an incredible yeah, performance. I definitely thought I'm like, okay, I think I think that was a sweep for sure. Yeah, like opinion. we hundred percent thought a sweep. Uh, I did not. Ex- obviously, you called it that you think Ottinger w- would um, bounce back bounce and steal back, one, but win game, but lose game five. But yeah, no, no. For me, is I guess yeah. The key is Ottinger. Can he step up? But I do want to see Jamie Ben see what he's going to be able to do. Um, he was playing okay, I think, 
at the start of this series, even though they lost the games, but because they were close games except for game three. So yeah, every game was close. Yeah, like one goal games, overtime games. So um, yeah, no, for me it's that, and can I guess can Vegas reemerge themselves? I guess there's no there's no other thing I could really say. The thing is, Vegas is they just need to play cleaner, right? Yeah. Obviously, the series is still going on. There's still two potentially two games left. Yeah. So we can't really like say too much because like. Dallas has a momentum right now. Yeah. But in my opinion, Vegas is still the favorite so, in game six and I believe in game seven so, if there is one. So let's move on to the predictions. Game six is today as at the time we released this podcast. Yeah. It's in Dallas. Do you think Dallas pulled off a Boston Celtics and tied the series? That's the thing. It's so hard because Vegas, like if you like watch the games, you could see Vegas be in control of the games, right? But you could also see, but you see Vegas like, they took the penalty in overtime, one yeah. in game four. Pavelski scored. Zach Whitecloud made that horrible turnover behind his net. Yeah. Ty Delandria got the puck in front, finished it. Game, uh, they got the game five. The that was in game five. I believe was that the game winner? No, no, that was that the, was the game winner. No, no, that was oh, the that game was a clincher. Third, was that the third goal? Or no, the third goal was the one where it deflected and Aiden Hill. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So that right. was like all right. That yeah. was just put, I, yeah, so that pretty much clinched the game. That just put them. the cherry on the top, yeah. right? So the Vegas, they're in control, but they just need to play clean, right? Uh, that Like these mistakes, 24 giveaways. The, I think Bruce Cassidy came out and said, with 24 giveaways, we, we ain't beating the Coyotes. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you think Vegas wins then? It's hard. Dallas is at home too, right? Make uh, a prediction. What do you think? It's tough. It's very tough. Just because... I don't know if, like, the thing with Ottinger is, like, you don't know when he crumbles. Like, it's random when he crum- yeah. crumbles, right? Like, game three was a must win, obviously, and he crumbled. So, we don't know if he's going to crumble in game six. But elimination game-wise, uh, Dallas has been fine because, you know, they've gotten to this far. Uh, game seven, obviously, against the Kraken. Uh, Ottinger played well. Uh, game six to clinch against the Wild. Dallas played well in general. So, I think uh, just because I want to see as well. I think Dallas forces a game seven. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm like, give me Dallas. I, I'm hoping, I want to see history again. I think this might be the first 3-0 comeback, like full-on comeback since maybe, I, uh, actually, no. Uh, I know the, the last one, one of the few last ones I remember was the, Philly on Boston. No, the, there was a Tw- one. 2015, couple, right? Was it Kings? A couple years. It was Kings on Sharks. Okay, so I think it was that one. But no, give me Dallas. I want to see this again. Game seven, we also have to make that prediction because since we're both saying it's going to go to game seven, um, it's in Vegas, obviously. It's on Wednesday night. So, so yeah, we'll be we'll be recording after the do game. Do you think Vegas pull off a Canucks in, from 2011 or do you think uh, they choke it like Philly, sorry, like Boston, like um, the San Jose Sharks? The thing with Vegas is ever since they made the cup final in their first year, they haven't been back, and like they were favored, they've, and also they've choked. They choked. Like, they they haven't. Choked they haven't lived up to that, and that was like they weren't even supposed to make the finals the first year. After I think, that, y- yeah, you know, three one to San Jose, three one to San Jose, and you were up three one in game seven as well in that game. Yeah, and they blew that lead. Uh, that the one where uh in the bubble Vegas beat the Canucks. They almost blew a three one lead there. Yes, got there, played Dallas. And Dallas, Dallas beat them four one, I believe. So give me Dallas; they make history again. Four three, Dallas. My prediction. We'll come back on Thursday's episode, and we'll see if I'm right. Uh, I think I said Vegas wins in six, but I want to see 
is seven games, but I think Vegas will obviously, you know, uh, spare themselves from embarrassment and uh, win game seven. Okay, so you have Vegas in seven. I have Dallas in seven. We'll see what happens next episode. But before we move on to our um, quick fire topics a little bit, I have a question for you. So what are the Denver Nuggets and what are the Florida Panthers thinking at this moment? Like, obviously, the finals are pre-scheduled. So it's not like, oh, they're waiting on anything. They're still waiting. They still would be waiting on June 1st anyways. Yeah, Denver will be waiting June but 1st. But you can't really prep for anything at the same time either, right? Like, either way, you're going to be rusty. So at this point, if you were a Denver Nugget, like, if you're Jokic or if you're Kachuk, what are you thinking? Or if you're the coaching staff, so what are you thinking? I mean, me personally, get away from the game. Like, if, if you just but really keep in shape still. <laughs> Obviously, they're gonna keep yeah, in shape. Yeah. They will be in shape. There's no, they're not gonna lose shape in like five days. Yeah, yeah, no, for already. sure. Um, it's just like sometimes you know, like it's like stressful environments, right? Like there's serious games, biggest games of the years. Obviously, finals for both are coming up. So like, yes, obviously you know you gotta do your team meetings and like all that stuff if they have that schedule. But like if you're like on your own, just like you know get away from the game. You know, like get away from social media. Just try to like find a way to just keep yourself calm relax, spend time with a family or something, you know? That's what I would is say. It, is it, like, almost a week now? It's probably, like yeah. It's five be, days? I mean, yeah, they swept, uh, so... Was it Lakers got swept last Lakers episode, Lakers swept right? kept on uh, Monday. Yes. Yeah, so it would be a, yeah, a I'll, week I'll and a half. Because NBA playoffs start June 1st. I believe that's a Thursday. Yeah. So Denver will be waiting a week and a half. Then Florida won the day after, I believe. So no, 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 yeah, no. yeah Monday May twenty two was no, no Florida won the same day I believe they Monday both. May twenty yeah because that's why these games are on the same yeah, day yeah. as well which sucks for us but um, okay second part of that question is would you rather be well rested going into something like this it doesn't have to be the finals but in this case it is the finals or do you think a team like that might get rusty a little bit and like a team like Miami or Boston whoever wins this. Or whoever wins from Dallas, Vegas might have a little bit of momentum on their side going into, especially a team like Boston, for example, winning four in a row. It is definitely uh, they'll they will be rusty a week and a half away from the game. Uh, obviously, they'll probably have their team practices and stuff. Yeah, but yeah, it's nothing like a game though. That's yeah, it's nothing like a game because you know you don't want to like get injured in practice too. So like yeah. the intensity is gonna, the physicality will be dropped for sure. Because if obviously game. Um, seven is today at the time of this release, and that's three more days is the NBA that's finals. Totally, yeah, so like the thing is like you can't really say the teams are tired because they still have a three day rest, right? Yeah, but one of them has way more rest. So then, what does the like? I think it like for me, like a perfect rest is this three day rest, a three day rest, three four day rest to strategize and recover. But for them, it's like they've been away for a while. Um, yeah, I I would prefer like this what this game seven situation. Maybe not in Game 7, maybe a Game 6 situation, because then Game 7, you're going to be trying your ass off, right? So, like, who knows what could happen throughout that. But, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, if it's, like, Game 6 would have been perfect. It's like, say, Miami Miami won. Yeah. They would have, like, what, four or five, a good, like, five days. And then uh, Denver, obviously, having a week and a half. So, it's yeah. a little bit tough. And then Miami doesn't have to, wouldn't, well, obviously, it didn't happen, but wouldn't have to go through that stress of Game 7. The emotional yeah, because coaster. especially if Miami wins this, they travel to Boston, then they might have to travel back home and then travel to Denver. Whereas Denver is just chilling at home. <laughs> so yeah, that's like, true. Florida's yeah. the opposite. Florida's waiting to see where they need to travel. 
Yeah. Because um, obviously Dallas and um, Vegas are higher in standings. But if Celtics win, do Celtics... Celtics had a better overall record than Denver. The Celtics... It was like... Because the three East teams, like Bucks, Celtics, and Sixers, all had a better record than Denver. Celtics were 57-25. and 25. Denver was 53. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So if Celtics win, they're home. Yeah, they are home. Uh, which is, yeah, obviously. So Denver is still like waiting. Denver was fourth. So they were even also behind Philly. So. Yeah, they were also behind Philly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Never mind. I take, uh, that was my mistake. Um, should I fact check that? I, I just assumed Denver had like close to 60 wins like Milwaukee did. No, but. no. Yeah. Denver. So either way, yeah. So they're both still anticipating waiting where they're going to travel to, right? Like, oh, well, Denver could either be at home or they're traveling to Boston, one or the other. Yeah. Uh, just moving on to off-court news, the Bucks found their new head coach. Yeah, um, Adrian Griffin, your boy from Toronto, assistant coach. Um, the news obviously came out, I think, Saturday morning. And the other finalists were Nick Nurse, who apparently backed out. Oh, wow. And yeah. according to Shams. And uh, Kenny Atkinson, Golden State assistant, I mean, former Brooklyn head coach. Shams is always right, so he <laughs> probably did back out. So... And then Giannis was the main um, guy that vouched for Adrian Griffin as well. Yeah, like, he deserves this opportunity. He's been in the league for a while now. And it's also his son's in the league, too. <laughs> so, like, he's been there for a while. Yeah, and, uh, former player as well. Yeah, he was obviously the head assistant. So, every time Nick Nurse was out, Adrian Griffin stepped in. And he did a good job when he stepped in. Yeah. My, I mean, again, like, like my same thing still stands for me last part. I know you said Darvin Ham situation. I'm, I agree with that. The pressure is going to be heavily on, even more in my opinion, because this team is ready-made, right? The problem with this right now is you don't know what roster you're going to have next year because Middleton is a player option. And I'm assuming he might resign, but we know all these Houston rumors coming out of nowhere. We don't know what's happening with that, if he even opts out in the first place. And Brooke Lopez is a UFA, straight up, right? And he was in Defensive Player of the Year. Did he win it? No, he didn't win. Oh, Jaron Jackson won it. So he was like the second, I think he was second to him. Yeah, it was him, Mobley, and Jackson. Yeah, so I think, he, I think he was second or third. Either way, so we don't know what the roster is going to be like. Um, for me, pressure is obviously slightly on, especially not always the guys you vouch for work out. Look what happened with Steve Nash, first-time head coach himself. But the difference is, like you said, Adrian Griffin has had head, obviously small head coaching experience, but head assistant experience. And I he deserves it, fully deserves it. But my only thing that scares me is the short leashes in the NBA. He doesn't do well in, let's say, two years. He might be gone, right? I don't know what his contract situation is. I don't think he got released of how many years he signed for. Like, I know like with Darvin Ham was four years. So, if he shits the bed this year, who knows what happens? I hope not. Like I said, I, I don't hope for the downfall for any coach. I'll be rooting for him. Because I love seeing first-time head coaches succeed. We saw it with the Doka last year. We're seeing it with Missoula this year. Darvin Ham had his struggles, but he still did well. Frank Vogel was, was a head coach before. But, yeah, um... He'll bring that Nick Nurse culture in for sure. Yeah, like he, know, he knows what to do. Giannis have seen the wall. He, he won a title. Originated. He's won a title. Yeah, that as well. So, so he has experience. He's under Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse, first year head coach, did well. So he could obviously, you know, use that experience, that learning moments from Nick Nurse, obviously. So the other available right now are, so Houston obviously was Udoka. You guys and the Raptors are still, I think I saw a report today that they're narrowing it down slightly i saw a report i'm not sure how true it is so i'm not gonna say fully that becky hammond might be out of the race um and then obviously philadelphia is still still in the mix there so we'll see yeah so congratulations adrian griffin we're rooting for you 
obviously i don't think joven will be rooting for you when you guys play each other but other than that uh hope hope the success for that yeah you don't know who we are but we're rooting for you <laughs> so <laughs> hey yeah. one day maybe i we'll mean once a raptor always a raptor right uh so, except for when you're playing us so hopefully hey usually when then. former raptors come by they out coach you or i'll play you so I mean, yeah see. Dwayne casey did it let's see what nick nurse pulls off and then obviously adrian griffin so we definitely like, Chris we Finch lost his moments but we yeah. lost our head coach we lost our head Yo, assistant. so that means your whole coaching staff is out yeah and now it's officially the only guy on roster was um on the coach story and the staff was so um griffin so yeah but anyways let's let's move on to the some of our quick fire topics we'll start off with the iihf congratulations canada they have won gold once again that beating a surprise team in the final in my opinion germany I'm looking at this thinking, is this not soccer? <laughs> but like women's soccer or something? Like, this is like, that type of final? But I mean, first of all, what a shock. Kanda won a hockey tournament. Oh my God. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, but like Germany beat USA in the semifinals. Yeah. And then obviously made the finals. Kanda, you know, just being how goaded they are usually in Canuck, hockey tournaments. Can- Canucks players, congratulations. And uh, Tyler Myers. <laughs> oh yeah, Tyler and, Myers. And uh, right? Ethan Bear. Ethan Bear and well. Tyler Myers. Wow, I mean, like they're good for. Oh, IIHF. and another thing yeah. I just realized today. Obviously, I didn't get to watch the game, but when I saw the um, highlights after, Adam Fantilli was on the roster. He's the for first Adam Fantilli, the projected second overall pick for, for Team Canada, Canada. Yeah, and he was, I think, uh, Michigan Hockey. I think posted this that he's the first player to obviously win the juniors, um, win the Hobie Baker Award, which is College uh, Player of the Year for hockey. And obviously win a senior Canada tournament. Obviously, the top this tournament obviously is a little weird because like all the NHL playoffs are still going on, and the top players usually don't play in it majority of the time. Uh, yeah, and then the other side it was a massive upset in the bronze medal game. Latvia, Latvia, Latvia beat USA. Latvia. <laughs> <laughs> and the what reason why we're pumped is Canucks goaltender um, prospect, I guess you could say Arthur Silovs. Arthur Silovs had the tournament of his life. I think he was named goalie of the tournament for sure. And he had a massive, massive tournament to raise his stock to be a potential backup for Thatcher Demko next year for the Canucks. I mean, yeah, for sure, because like there's no real backup right now, obviously, because Spencer Martin didn't really. And Colin Deal is a free agent. And then Colin Deal is a free agent. And uh, yeah, Arthur Silas did perform well in the Canucks uniform this year. Um, and then obviously, if you beat USA, I mean, you definitely gotta make some saves. So, so this is also record-setting twenty-eighth gold for Canada. Uh, I think fifth in their last eight years. Uh, so yeah, once again, Canada brings gold home. But moving on, we have some very good news in the MLB. MLB and the MLB. I know we didn't have it in our topics today, but I just saw this. I forgot to add it in. Yeah, Liam Hendricks. Oh, yeah, yeah, He yeah. is in remission from cancer, and he is making his debut. Well, not debut. His return, sorry, um, on Monday. So, at the time of this podcast, today. And he, for those of you guys who don't know, he's a White Sox closer. Perfect time for him to come back because the White Sox have been struggling. So, welcome back, Liam Hendricks. We're rooting for you. And we'll see. Um, obviously, I'm sure he'll be fine. Yeah, just absolute respect, you know, like, because life had just really giving you something that like a real sucker punch that you couldn't really control right yeah that's why like you know people i respect everyone who like always does this because and always come back because they always they keep battling like they never lose uh hope right and that's like the fact that uh obviously we've seen this with uh damar hamlin 
and yeah, uh, bail safety. He's, I think he's safe to come back as well. Yeah, so he's battling back and try to play still. Uh, Christian Eriksen, obviously had yes. that collapse in a in the Denver, uh, Denver, not Denmark. <laughs> in the Euros, yeah. And then now he's back playing, and now Liam Hendricks. At, yeah. Uh, battling cancer coming back it just absolute respect to all these guys just at, you know they're inspirations because like they were really they just got sucker punched out of nowhere yeah and then sure. the fact that they didn't lose hope and fought back for um foster moreau as well for the uh so obviously yeah um former tight end for the raiders now um saints he went to give it uh, he was supposed to sign with the saints got a medical and he had um i forgot exactly what it was but uh something in his medical i'll check but um, Foster Moreau obviously had the same thing, and he's recently signed with the Saints. So the team that saved his life, I think he's also from Louisiana, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, um, is um, back on the NFL roster as well. And that's incredible to hear because, like, you're on your medical and you just see, like, oh, wow. You just really just put your life into perspective. And, like, the fact that, like, the respect is that, like, they don't lose hope, right? Like, their mindset doesn't change. Because, like, they're people too, right? Like, any, any, this could happen to anyone. Obviously, like, these guys are probably one of the healthiest people on the planet. Yeah. Like, they keep their body in check. Obviously, they exercise. We all know that. So, like, it could generally happen to anyone. And, like, they're inspiring a lot of people just, like, to not lose hope, keeping faith, and just battling back. So, Foster Moreau had, uh, this was happening in March 22, 2023. It sucks on us. We forgot to bring this up when he did sign. Uh, that was our, our bad. But he had been diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. And he had to step away from football, and then he signed on May 10, 2023, so just before we started our podcast, three-year, $12 million deal with the New Orleans Saints. And he's also a solid player. He's a yeah, good backup. Yeah, and he, that's with his hometown team. He is from born in New Orleans as well. But um, like like you were saying, um, we're sports fans. Obviously, we root against guys. Like we Obviously, as fans, we root against the Celtics. We root against the Bruins as Canucks fans. We root, uh, root against like the AL East, except for the Blue Jays as Blue Jays fans, right? But no matter who a team you play for, who you play for, I'm not a big Saints guy myself, but you always root for that player, right? That athlete, that coach, that person's family member, because you don't know, not, let alone, right? Craig Anderson had to go through this back in the day um with his wife right yeah his wife so had cancer at the end of the day this is this is huge news and we always root for this and uh, we hope liam hendrix you know in remission kills it for the rest of the year yeah i mean he's obviously like one of the best closers in the game and uh, if he just comes back to the same level it'll just be an incredible story and an inspiring story and hopefully like other people get inspired out, out of this who are facing yeah. their own battles and everything stuff like that yeah, and not, just not to ignore whatever you feel and stuff. But anyways, let's moving moving on from the Foster Moreau and all this to D Hop. DeAndre Hopkins has officially we have NFL news in Finally, May. Yeah, <laughs> uh, DeAndre Hopkins has been released by the Arizona Cardinals, and after failing to find a trade made, um, one of the top wide receivers in my opinion still. Top 10 for sure, arguably top five in the bottom half of the five, in my opinion. Um, came back from a suspension last year and killed it. Like, he was putting up numbers with that shitty Arizona team, even after Kyler got hurt. Yeah, I mean, obviously the number one free agent. A lot of teams a lot of teams will want him. Obviously, he'll probably go to, like, some team close to, like, contending because he's never won the so, big one yet. He did say on the I Am Athlete podcast, um, his top five QBs he'd most like to play with, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, 
Patrick Mahomes, you see the team. Lamar Jackson, newly signed. And Justin Herbert. I'm surprised Joe Burrow's not on this list, but I'm sure he probably... I mean, Joe, Joe Burrow has like three wide yeah, receivers Yeah, so, but Justin Herbert. No, um, like fit-wise, it's a... Uh, obviously, for me, it's the Bills. For me, right? it's Kansas City because they don't have a number one. They don't have... But the thing with the... My point for the Bills is uh, their number one is Diggs, right? But other than that, they don't have production from anyone else consistently. Yeah. Like obviously, Gabe Davis had that monster games and some games this year on that monster game last year against the Chiefs in the playoffs. Dawson Knox. Uh, Dawson Knox, yeah, is, is just not consistent. Like, you you really need a number two that could, like, you know, obviously produce. And we already know what Stephon Diggs will, is going to do. He'll get his 1,000 yards. Yeah. He'll get his... Uh, Free him up as well. Many receptions as yes. well. And also, yeah, the Bills look stagnant a little bit, right? They needed a number, another weapon. And uh, obviously, you know, game easy, simple game plan. Double digs. And hopefully when you're one-on-ones against Knox and like Gabe Davis. And then they really struggled against the Bengals in the the divisional round, I believe, right? Yeah, yes. The divisional. Yep. But yeah, no... Um, that makes sense too. Like I, th- I think it's the Chiefs might be the favorite because he is gonna be the guy right right now. The, the guy is Kadarius Tony with Juju moving on to New but England. They, they also have Kelsey. Yeah. So, but that that still pairs up. You give you still give him a wide out, right? Um, he also did mention on that same podcast that he wants a stable um front office, which obviously checks the belt with Buffalo as well and a bunch of the other other spots. He wants a QB that loves the game. All five of those guys on the list. Do. Oh yeah, they all love it. So. Yeah, and there's other some team. There are other teams that they're not on his list. I guess you could say, or like um, the Giants, the Chicago yeah. Bears help out Justin Fields big time. Yeah, but I doubt it's, it. I doubt he'll go there now, yeah. but maybe in the future because he's. I I think he'll sign a one year, but who knows, right? He's a free agent. Um, he might obviously want more money to show that he still could play. Um, Detroit stuff like that, like teams like that as well. I would say they should move up on it. Obviously, he's my favorite wide receiver. Um, obviously sucked seeing him play against the Colts every year so I wish he's a Colt and another sneaky one is the Jacksonville Jaguars I heard which I don't want to happen because especially adding Calvin Ridley but so your prediction is the Bills yeah for me the best fit is the Bills how about the Ravens your boy Lamar Jackson's there yeah I'll pair him obviously, up with OBJ. obviously you gotta pair him up with OBJ but I'm just saying like for him like they have OBJ and Mark Andrews right uh, obviously, uh, Kansas City doesn't don't really have anyone other than Kelsey, but they also shown that they they're not in dire need than anyone other than Kelsey as yeah. well. So the, for me, it was just like for the Bills, it was just like digs, and then a little layoff. Yeah, f- I guess my like consistency wise, like if Gabe Davis or like Dawson Knox were consistent, like they they won't have an issue. But like they really need a number two, just production wise, and yeah. D Hop will obviously, hopefully, healthy give them that production it also depends on who has the cap space right i think obviously i don't think kansas city has how much high, uh that much cap space we don't know if he's gonna sign for a minimum right so i still i'm, I'm gonna ride with the chiefs i thought he was always gonna be a chief even during a trade thing because just because they need a number one wide out still in my opinion but i guess moving on uh, to our final topics the domestic leagues European soccer have officially ended. There's still finals going on that need to happen. FA Cup final. Obviously, we have an interest in that. I think the Liga still has one more week. Oh. Most of the leagues, I guess, yeah, have, no. have shut, um, have officially called it their season. Obviously, we have a lot more intrigue 
in the EPL final. The European finals still need to happen. The Europa League and all that. I think that's this week. Um, Champions League is in two weeks, I believe. Yeah. We'll talk about that during that time. But let's just talk mainly about the EPL. We'll start off with the EPL. The top four, like last week we talked about it. Yeah, the top four got clinched. Uh, Man United and Newcastle clinched midweek because they had a game in hand. Yes. So it's um, no change. Man like United no, finished third. Man United finished third. So it's City, Arsenal, Man United, Newcastle, top four. Uh, Liverpool and Brighton clinched Europa. And then one of the big games today was Aston Villa winning. Yeah. And 2 then, 1 over Bournemouth, I believe. No, not Bournemouth. Uh, oh, Bright- Brighton. Brighton. Yeah, so Aston Villa beating Brighton clinches Conference League, which leaves Tottenham out. Tottenham, even if, though they won, they are officially out. And, not, and then trans, uh, transitioning that, Tottenham beating was Leeds. And because of that loss, the Leeds, are, Leeds United are officially relegated. And the other biggest matchup was Everton's game. And it also was Leicester's game. Leicester, both teams won. But, but Everton was already ahead. So Everton stays up. And the three relegation teams, relegated teams are uh, Southampton. Southampton, Leeds, and Leicester. So before we move on to the promotions here, I uh, just have a quick question for you. Those three teams, um, I guess my first question is, how fast do you think they'll move back up to the Premier League? Uh, depending on who they lose as well, right? Yeah, so I guess... Uh, it's tough. I mean, obviously, you would say it's Leicester. But Leicester is going to, like... They, they've been up for a while, too. Like, they came up in 20... Seven years. But seven normally, years. a team that wins the Premier League doesn't go back down anytime That's the soon. issue. So, like, I don't know how far they're going to crumble. Because, obviously, they have a piece like James Madison. That, okay, so, that, that, is so, let me transition to that now. Very expendable. Let me transition to that now. So, the players that I've seen that could be on the move... Let's start with Southampton, because I have the roster pulled up yeah, here. Yeah, it's a... James Ward-Prowse. One, there's two in my head. One is their center back, uh, Bella Kochup, and then their midfielder, Romeo Lavia. That's the one that's been a young stud. Absolute beast, both of them they are. Yeah, so those three are obviously big names. You could obviously throw in other names that are um, that could move on. You know, names like Kyle Walker Peters, for example. Yeah, guys like um, Charlie Adams or Che Adams. Sorry, Che Adams. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So th- that's one list. You move over to the Leicester now. And so those are the three that you think are going to move no matter what. Yeah. Uh, those are no, sorry, let's go Leeds because I just have it pulled up right now. Leeds, there's one I could think of on top of my head. And he was pretty good. I remember him playing against Man United because uh, I think the way that league scheduled it because of uh, just World Cups and everything, right? You want to look at they the... had uh, They had uh, back-to-back games against Leeds. And there's yeah. one player that really caught my eye was Somerville. He was absolute beast against us both of those games. Yeah. And so he was one name I saw that could be very the, expendable. They also have a bunch of Americans that are good. You know, uh, Tyler Adams. Weston McKinney. Weston McKinney. So, and their goalie's not bad either in Mesley. I don't know how, how old is he? He didn't he's, play today. He's pretty young. He didn't play today. It was a big game, so I don't know if, he, uh, if that says something. I don't know if he's injured, though. Yeah, but he was on the bench. Okay. Junior Firpo was still there from Barca. So there, there's some names there for sure. You said Somerville, you know, Ailing. I liked how he played. Yeah, but and I think Ailing's a little bit up there in age. The older guys that might leave might be Rodrigo. I don't think he'll stay. But yeah, um, I could see all three teams moving back up. But before we go into sorry, that Leicester City, I think the obvious one is James Madison. Oh, yeah, that's obvious. He's been like on the rumors for like the last few years now too. 
Um, who else? Johnny Evans. He was yeah, getting maybe, yeah. Ricardo Pereira. So Yonku was being linked, but I don't know how. Like, like, I think he's a free. I'm not even sure, but yeah. There's um. Well, the one thing's for sure. I don't think Jamie Vardy's leaving if he was been that loyal. No, he's not leaving. I mean, he's also old. I don't think anyone's gonna want him. Oh, and Didi, and I think Tielemans is already leaving. I think he announced on free, so he he could be a decent pickup for some teams in the Premier League or. Yeah, it'll be good. I mean, he's shown he could start as center mid, but he could also be a good backup midfielder for like the bigger teams. Yeah, I guess. Okay, so. Those are the relegated teams. Yeah. Let's move on to the promoted teams. The ones that were already announced were Burnley and Sheffield United. So the, those guys were automatic birds as a top two. And the playoffs happened, which was Luton Town, Sunderland, Coventry, and it was um, Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough, and yeah. The final happened yesterday on Saturday. It was a good game. It was between Luton Town, who came, went through against Sunderland. And it was Coventry who beat Middlesbrough. And Luton Town ended up winning in penalties and extra penalties, too, as well. Yeah, right? It was like the ninth shooter. or Was it ninth shooter? I think it was a little bit earlier, maybe. Yeah. Maybe um, seven or eight. Watching that game, obviously, I've never watched a championship game probably before. I, I had it in the background, so I wouldn't say I was fully paying attention. But the game was good. It was back and forth. Obviously, both guys had stuff on the line. But so welcome, Luton Town, to the Premier League. And all the memes have popped up because they're are one of the smaller teams in England. Yeah. Um, their stadium's like in the middle of like nowhere's where the houses are. Um, there are rumors that they might not be able to afford to move up. I, ho- I don't think that will end up happening, but... I mean, I hope that doesn't happen because like, you know, they, they actually earned their way up. Yeah, for sure. Um, so those are the promoted teams. So before we move on to, obviously, the FA Cup final, we'll talk about next episode since it's next Saturday. Let's talk about, just recap the season in general. Because obviously this is the league that we pay the most the most attention to. Who are your biggest? Like let's start with Man United. Obviously we're both yeah, yeah. Man United fans. Met your expectations, exceeded your expectations, not live up to your expectations. I mean, Eric Ten Hag's first year. They definitely exceeded, right? Because the expectation was top four and a trophy they got and a trophy, Potential right? Two. So, but the top four and like it was obviously impressive because. It felt like a long time ago, but at one point, Manchester United were 20th place. Yeah. <laughs> right? Second game, two games into the season. So, they didn't know what was going on. But the thing is, like, reason why I'm saying exceeding, because, yeah, they got top four, right? That's what they're expected to do. It's just the way they were playing, right? Last year, the way they were playing, it wasn't, like, sustainable. Like, every time they did win a game, they lost, like, three or drew, like, had poor results after. The way that they were playing this game, like, the ball movement especially improved. Uh, we got to see the best of Bruno Fernandes brought out of them. The best out of Rashford. Who is very underrated in my opinion. I know people are going to make fun of his rat face and his complaining. Bruno Fernandes is one of the most not talked about guys in the league in my opinion. Yeah. He may be ugly, but he's good. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, Rashford balled out. Uh, Obviously, we definitely got to add pieces. There's no doubt about it for sure. Like this is not complete. Like we're definitely not Arsenal level right now because Arsenal's been at it for a couple of years as well. This is our first real... Real year of a rebuilding, and this is the first year with Ten Hag. And first so year with Ten Hag. What else could be done? Obviously, we're not level of City right now. Obviously, Liverpool needs some retooling, but they will be back as well. Uh, so, the fact, like, I mean, the the changes that were made were incredible. Casemiro, great, probably the signing of the summer window for sure, right? For Man United or no, just in general, is up there I for sure. But he might be number one. Holland, yeah. what are you talking about? 
Bro, I keep on... Holland... Does it feel like it? But yeah, Holland oh for 60 mil. Okay, yeah. So obviously Holland won. Yeah. But I would... Yeah. Okay, he's top five, Casemiro. I want... Yeah. I mean, people But thought like he was impact. here for the money. So Yeah, the yeah. impact he made. He's obviously. had his moments as a bad... Like, obviously the red cards, which was, some of them are stupid. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, then other signings like Sancho up and down. He definitely ended on a high these last couple of weeks. Yeah. Anthony up and down, and now he's injured, unfortunately. He should be ready for the final, according to... Which, uh, which will be good. Martial, honestly, had like a decent year, year, but he was really injured. Uh, center backs, Maguire's still shit. Has been shit. And <laughs> Lindelof was good. Will though. still be shit. Lindelof was a great surprise. The other guys were fine. Is this and then obviously was partnered with... Um, Maguire or, just made him bad. look bad, right? So Lindelof, Luke Shaw had to play center back. For yeah, I mean... Just Maguire's just that bad that Luke Shaw had to play center back. But obviously Luke Shaw, great bounce back year for him. Yeah. Aaron Juan Bissaka, a pleasant surprise. I think he's the most improved. I think he someone was the most on Sky Sports said he's also the most improved. Yeah, he, because he wasn't starting. He wasn't getting listen, games. Listen, like we we you know you and your Tyler Watt, like you wish the Knocks would still have him. That's my version of uh, with Aaron Juan Bissaka. People wanted him out because of his offensive capabilities weren't the greatest. He's shown it this year. And don't tell me anyone else is better a one 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 on one defending. And He's the best one on one soccer in general. He is a one, but one definitely in the league, best one on one sure. defender in the world. Um, so like right back, I'm happy with because him and Dallas will have a healthy yeah. competition. Uh, Lisandro Martinez, what a signing! Everyone called him a midget. He might be the signing more just because the value as well and yeah uh, how he might be a midget but man absolutely <laughs> plays like a giant yeah and then obviously varan and him paired up was obviously one of the solid center back pairings of the year yeah yeah i mean they had their moments obviously against liverpool but like other than that really they've been really solid the one, the one thing for me with man united was home insane probably the best team in football <laughs> but away the worst team in football Probably like the seven nothing, the six three, like seven nothing to Liverpool, six three to City. The only good game was, I guess, you could say, it was against Arsenal. Even though we lost that, still three two. Wad won to a crappy Chelsea team this year early on. Tottenham, we blew it. Yeah, we were up two zero against Tottenham. We blew so, it. So again, again, the last thing before we close up, before we go ramble on a Man United, because we could do that all day, is the freaking ownership. We gotta figure that out, like you mentioned, because obviously this team ain't it to win it next year still. But we still need the pieces, and I have some transfer targets for overall in general. We could talk about um, just figure out that ownership. I, I obviously I hope it's obviously Glazer out, but we don't know what's happening with Ratcliffe or the Qatar people. So just whatever the case is, just, I I just hope that they just get better and bring in the guys that we need that could fit the team and not do what they've done with I Harry mean, Maguire in the past. The fact is that Ten Hag shown that like all right, he's the guy. So then he should have the respect of taking control of like getting the players that he would like that will fit his system so whatever he is on his wish list that he but the problem with that is is we're selling so the excuse is oh yeah well if glazers still are in charge we're selling that's going to be the issue it's not even like bringing in the guys that's not the problem the problem now is going to be how long are they going to draw this out for this has been going on since january now so that's the key here it's not just like yes listen to him for sure I'm just saying, yeah, in general, like he earned that respect yeah, of like sure. taking control, like how Pep has taken control. Like and he's just, the one who brought in Lisandro. Yeah. Obviously, Anthony, you know, me and you've had arguments about him. He's up and down, but but he he still shows why he's on the team over playing over Sancho before he got hurt as well. So, I guess enough with Man United. We'll we'll move on to our surprises and disappointments of the year in general. I'll start the biggest surprises. I guess in the first one, I'll name is Newcastle. I think that's easily by far. Yeah, 100%. Because uh, 
they got those owners right we're like oh these guys are probably gonna spend big they haven't they kind of did but not to the guys you would think yeah of. like isaac was a big signing yeah they had it and then they also managed a champ champions league spot but the the uh, isaac obviously played well uh some guy who uh one guy who was really good in the beginning probably not heard of him much lately was Miguel Almiron, who was absolutely yeah, killer in the beginning. Killing. I think he was injured a bit, too. Uh, thing with Alan, one of the Alan St. I can't talk Alan right Saint now. Maximin. Alan St. Maximin. One issue with him was that, like, he they're like he couldn't really fit. His style. His style. But he was just so good one But he was so good, so fast, and so good one-on-one that, like, they had to play him, yeah. obviously. The other guys, Sven, Sven Botman had a great year. Yeah, he could have been like... They're defensively, they were really good. Sven Botman, really good. Kieran Trippier, Nick Pope was probably Nick the Pope, goalie of the year. And then they had like that gigantic left back in yeah. Dan Byrne. And then Fabian Schar was also a sick center back. Longstaff brothers. And then, yeah, Longstaff. Like, they had like good depth pieces, right? Like good role players, if you would put in NBA terms. Yeah. The thing is like, can they like add in a stars player right like yeah. the world class which i think the will um names are out there like neymar and them so which we'll talk about later but i guess you want to name a surprise or a disappointment i mean obviously one surprise was brighton a little bit because they've been the way that they've been playing like if you look at their style of play uh it's been incredible and obviously uh they were good in the beginning Graham potter but then yeah. he took the chelsea job and then robert deserby stepped up and still kept them at the same level. Like, there was no drop-off at Brighton. But another surprise is Arsenal. Yeah. Right? Yes, season ended horribly wrong for them, in my opinion. And it was a disappointing end, for sure. But at the end of the day, if you're looking at it just straight from the beginning of the season, the expectation was top four and not title. Yeah. I guess last one for the surprises before we get to talk about probably our two disappointing or three disappointing teams. Um, Aston Villa. Fired their uh, Gerard, I think. <laughs> yeah, fired, fired Gerard. Gerard mid mid uh, season, early in the mid season, um, and brought in Unai Emery, and from being at relegation at one point, have now secured the seventh seed and or part of the uh, the Conference League, ahead of Tot- a team like Tottenham as well. So, um, I had the run because they were relegation at that yeah. point, right? When they fired and Unai Emery, obviously came a in very well respected coach. Yeah. Knows his knows his stuff and uh, came in, took took him all the way to seventh place and earned him a European spot. So we're gonna see, we're gonna see Ars. No, I mean we're gonna see Newcastle in the Champions League. We're gonna see Brighton in the Europa League, and we're gonna see Aston Villa in the Conference League, which is incredible to say because like if you're like five years ago, we we're like these teams will never be contending Europe. They'll yeah, be like mid table, sure. mid table at best. Yeah. Um. I guess moving on to the disappointment easily, Chelsea. Obviously, I mean, you spent what a billion dollars? Six hundred million. <laughs> so you're not even far off then, in a way. Uh, like yeah, you spent so you spent a billion dollars to sign every single player, and you still didn't address your biggest need, striker. How the hell do you manage to do that? <laughs> like it's like they went like a new owner came in like Robin Roman Abramovich sold, and Todd Bowley, American um, owner. Uh, came in and he just like he kind of did like the Ishbia thing but failed like you know Ishbia came in as like give me Kevin Durant now he fired Monty Williams he's taking that control he came in as like okay let me spend 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 obviously Lukaku was like okay I want out because he wasn't getting along with Thomas Tuchel Tuchel for whatever reason got fought, sacked I don't even think he should have been sacked um, maybe at, at that point he did um, brought in a guy in Grand Potter I remember I was 
with mom somewhere and I message you, I'm like, bro, Graham Potter is now Chelsea's coach. We're screwed because Chelsea's stacked. And we're like, okay, well, Graham Potter shot the bed. Like he was like the worst coach. And that's why um, I'll pose a question in a second here is, um, and then you, uh, you fire Graham Potter and you somehow decide to bring Frank Lampard in who struggled in Everton who struggled in um, Chelsea, and I've seen Chelsea fans on Twitter and soccer Twitter is something. They're like, okay, this guy's a club legend. Why would even him come back? Obviously, he wants to try to revive his career because he struggled in the Premier League. Um, clearly, I don't think I don't think they won what one, one or game, two, one, one game, game, and then two draws maybe. And yeah, so and then on top of that, you like you went like name chasing, like you went after. Who were the guys that earlier the year? Uh, Kolobali, Fofana, Benoit Berchele, right? They Cucurella, went to Cucurella. Um, and then after that, you went after Enzo Fernandez. You spent a lot of money, which is a fair signing. He's a great player. Uh, he still played. Enzo was, was like, fine. Enzo then was he, fine for Then them. you went after Jao Felix, but then you fire Graham Potter and Jao Felix's bench because he's in a Frank Lampard doesn't believe he fits. And then, you know, Mudrick was this close of joining Arsenal, like this close of joining Arsenal. You could see Mudrick um, comp. Uh, sharing his stories and stuff like I'm an Arsenal player soon. Chelsea hijack him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it was something. <laughs> and then again, like you said, the big biggest need is striker, and they don't fix that. And obviously, they brought in Pochettino. I still think Pochettino is a good manager. So that was the scary thing is Todd Bowley decided to back off <laughs> and focus on other things. So which means Chelsea's back in control with Chelsea. Like the yeah. um, director of football. Oh, one thing I want to say, like, I know he's the owner, but who let this American take control? <laughs> <laughs> like, he doesn't know jack shit. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's something for sure. Like, obviously, I'm not a Chelsea fan. I love that they're 12th place. I don't care that they were. But the one thing I want to say for sure is, like, when United shot the bed last year, we still made Europe. <laughs> so when yeah. some of these teams do bad, they do bad, right? Yeah, I remember one time when uh, I think Chelsea won the title with Antonio Conte. And then the next year, they were, like, 11th place. Yeah, like, Aiden Hazard did not score until, like, uh, the last game of the season. Yeah, and I think, like, they won a while back with Jose Mourinho in the second stint with Chelsea. And then, obviously, had a poor year after. Yeah, they've been up and down. But I still think next year, Chelsea should be back. They just get a striker, which they're going after a guy that we're going after in Victor Oshiman. So, I still think they'll be fine next year. I hope they aren't, but I think they will be. But, I guess, moving on, let's talk about the guy... They hired Pochettino, his former team in Tottenham. Also, I think disappointing did not even make Europe. Yeah, obviously um, it's disappointing. Um, you could just tell, like, I mean, Antonio Conte got fired, and you could st- he said it himself. He's like, this team's not built for winning. Like, their management or ownership, they're not built for winning. They don't, they don't put winning as their priority. They're not a winning club, and it's clearly shown because they have zero trophies in the cabinet. Harry Harry Kane thirty goals was not enough to even get to Europe, and his name is now being linked to Man United um, as one of the transfer targets. Um, I guess let's move on to the transfer targets now. Anything else you want to say about Tottenham, or that's it? They don't uh, deserve much. <laughs> your shit. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Yeah. So, and it doesn't help when your ri- main rival is like almost won the league. But yeah, I mean, moving on to transfer targets. So uh, the first one, like we were mentioning, Harry Kane. He was um, he's linked to Man United. Obviously, he's a great player. I'm not saying Man United shouldn't get him. I would prefer someone younger like Osherman, personally, but even if we get Kane, I'll be fine with it. Um, he could also fit Chelsea. He could also fit Bayern Munich. So let's just go overseas a bit. You know, there's a guy like that, Osherman. 
is the same thing from Napoli, who were um, league t- um, champions over there finally. And he's linked to PSG even. So that's another one. And then obviously, obviously with PSG, Messi being a free, free agent. agent. So he has obviously an option. I mean, there's rumors obviously going back to Barca or Saudi League. And uh, reigniting a rival rivalry with Ronaldo. But Ronaldo probably says he wants out, so we don't know. Yeah, um, he has also an obligation and then with obviously, Miami as well. Yeah, and then Neymar has obviously yeah, been on the rumors leaving. as well. Yeah, I think he was linked to Chelsea as well. I don't know why they need another winger, but um, Neymar's issue right now is like he's he, as good. As, I think he's still a top ten player. He's just injured in my eyes. But yeah. that's that's about it. Um, let's talk about this little bit of the smaller names. Going back to Napoli, I think this is a guy Man United is heavily linked to, and Kim Min Jae. Yeah, would be a great addition at center back with our depth. Um, at it, yeah, he was in the, leaves. He was with the Korea Republic in the World Cup, and like with like seven Kims in the starting lineup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was, and he was one of the one of the best Kims there, obviously. Yeah, um, <laughs> and moving on to a couple of other smaller players. Um, today was their last game, probably with Brighton, Moises Saicedo. Also, and Alexis McAllister, which World Cup winner, sucks because like they made Europe right, and like they're losing like two of their best players. Yeah, uh, McAllister is I think heavily linked to Liverpool. I think deal should be done, and that's big for Liverpool because they need a center mid. And Moises Acedo is again he was linked to Arsenal in the summer or sorry in the January. winter, and now he's linked to us. He's linked to Arsenal again, um, and anywhere else, and they've. Pretty much confirmed that they almost went out. Even their manager said that it's probably time for them to move on to bigger teams. But it's Brighton. <laughs> they always find young studs. Their so Evan Ferguson is killing it there. Evan so Ferguson. He's going to probably Ancizo, leave next year. And Ciso's like from somewhere from like the Caribbean area. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Just randomly got him. And then Estupinian, their left back, was, yeah. I think, Ecuadorian, I believe. Yeah. Uh, it's um, just insane. Their scouts and their development team, they just bring up so players. Dom and Benfica as well and so Benfica. um that being said let's the last couple of names i've added on the list Di maria was announced that he's probably not coming back to juventus so he's a back a free agent paredes was i think on loan to juventus he's going back but should leave psg again and another guy who's heavily linked to man united last year and this year in uh, rabio oh yeah so uh, he's, he'll be a good depth piece wherever he goes so these are some like, big names we'll be talking more about the off season in general transfer window Probably after the Champions League. Yeah, it opens up in July. Which so. is a fun thing because there's rumors every day and it end, does it end till like... It's um, going on for two months. Till, yeah, end of August. And same thing with the NBA and NHL off-seasons. We'll cover a little bit after their respective final runs as well. But before we close out today's pod, we got a new champion as well in, in soccer. Before, we already congratulated Man City. We congratulated Napoli. We congratulated... Oh, well, we didn't congratulate PSG, but they won the league um it's also time to congratulate not Dortmund but Bayern Munich once again and so essentially Dortmund had to win and they were in or a Bayern Munich tie or loss would have been enough Dortmund bottled it they tied to two they were down to zero as well yeah so which is not a good position to be in because you had to score three goals and they missed a penalty if I'm not mistaken Sebastian Haller yeah and um Munich was up one nothing, Byron, and they tied one one. But in the 89th minute, Jamal Musiala um, scored a, I mean, a crazy goal that helped them secure the title. And this is also sorry, I forgot to mention his name. 
Jude Bellingham's last game with Dortmund, most likely as he's this close of signing a deal with Real Madrid as well. Yeah, which sucks. I mean, one player you feel bad for is like Marco Royce because uh, he's been there forever. Like people leave Dortmund. He joined the team essentially right after they won. Yeah, so the last time they the thing won. is like Dortmund had Lewandowski, gone. They had Hummels, gone, and came back. Yeah, but like all these people left, and Royce just Goza, always stayed. Holland, now Jude is leaving. Yeah, and he, who knows, he could potentially leave, but but like it just sucks for him because like someone that loyal, Here's someone the, that good. One as well, thing I noticed on Twitter was hasn't like, won a league title. One yeah. thing I noticed on Twitter was that people want to obviously clown on Harry Kane, but it's the same deal with him, right? Yes, like obviously he's on Tottenham, so it's easier for us to make fun of him because we're Man United fans. You know, we have cousins that are Liverpool fans, Arsenal fans, right? People we know that are City fans, whatever the case is. But it's the same situation with him. Like he's been killing it there and he couldn't get shit done. He made it to the Champions League final, but lost. So yeah, like for the guys like that, you feel for him, obviously. Like when is enough going to be enough? Dortmund obviously had chances to even win before. They bottled it late, like always. So... It sucks. I, like, I was rooting for Dortmund, but, you know, uh, it is what it is. You got to close it out better. But, yeah, for sure. But another Byron news is they fired their CEO, Oliver Kahn. <laughs> right. when, Club legend as well. When they won the title. Yeah, and the other guy in their front, I forgot his name. I, I forgot his name. But Oliver Kahn was a made, the big yeah. name. And they didn't even let him celebrate the title. Uh, he wasn't even there. I think yeah, he, he wasn't even there. He wasn't and there. Then another funny thing was that uh, Thomas Muller was just looking at his phone on the bench checking the Dortmund score I'm pretty sure uh, obviously because uh, I'm, I'm assuming when Musiala scored he probably checked to see what their score was and if they were tied obviously it favors Byron which it did yeah oh um, I guess forgot one last thing we're gonna jump back to the NFL quickly June 1 is a key date to watch out for um, with all the cuts happening it helps with the roster fluc- um, fluctu- fluctuation that, you know, a name to look out for that could be available is Dalvin Cook. Team like Miami could be looking after him, you know, team running back needy team. So June 1st, which is this Thursday, the, to potential there'll be more cuts. So keep an eye out on that as well. I think that's pretty much it from us. And um, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, follow all our socials. Like I said, we've been posting a lot on TikTok, Instagram Reels, and YouTube Shorts. And we hope you guys enjoy the game seven today and the other hockey games as well. And we'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. Peace.